29 Allen. That one is intercepted. And it's not his fault. It was in and out of the hands of Isaiah McKenzie and right into Terrell Lewis's hands. And Georgia lost the football. And the Rams say they have it. And they do. The screen. Stafford looking that way. Throwing that way. Cup puts the toes down. In for the touchdown. Cooper Cup does it again. Strokes it in the middle and it is pulled away and intercepted by Troy Hill. Down. And that pass is cut one more time for a first down and more. Cooper Cup. Big stats on the night. And he'll put him to the 12-yard line. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. I am a co-host, Ashton Spencer, with my awesome co-host, Zach Mayer. How are you doing, Zach? Oh, pretty good. You know, um, I think we're going to have to label this episode the Rams and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want us to overreact or anything, but um, I think we we kind of are going to have to go through some, discuss some major concerns um, after this horrific defeat by the Bills. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a um, deep conversation. I think there are, frankly, a lot of things that went wrong in this week one game. And uh, we'll kind of deep dive more into it as we go on in this podcast but um, let's uh, first try to get, try to get our uh, general reactions to the game. Uh, Zach, what happened in this game in your mind, just in a brief summary? And we'll go more deep into the like specific aspects of offense and defense. But what re- went wrong in your mind? here so honestly this just this comes back brings back so much memory from last season where when the offense couldn't get going they just never went anywhere and I I really think that was the problem um is just our offense just couldn't do anything it it felt like so that in in summary that's that's kind of where I'm at Mm -hmm. what about you uh yeah for me I think our defense started off exactly where it was last year. Uh, Raheem Morris's defense is what I categorize as gives up a ton of yards but makes big plays to swing momentum. And we had that. We had that in our last game. And the problem is the offense didn't hold up its end of the bargain at all. And with that style of defense, you get behind. And I think we've seen this in the last two years, when we get behind, we cannot come back without some amazing plays and like focusing on one player. And the Bills are way too good of a team to kind of do that. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of break it down more, but I think it's more, it's way more of what we saw last year than I think people are overreacting to. And let's both admit, Zach, this is week one. People constantly don't understand. Week one has very weird games. It is probably the most atraditional week of the NFL. You have a lot of weird things happen. Teams aren't ready. Chemistry isn't there. Uh, A lot of factors go into week ones and why they're weird. Last year, I'll remind people, Green Bay got blown out, uh, I believe, by the Saints. Uh, the Saints ended up not even making the playoffs, and Green Bay was number one seed. So just temper expectations. That doesn't mean the Rams will be number one seed, but what I'm saying is like, you can't just adjust everything you think about the NFL based off of week one. you got to give it a few weeks, and then you'll get a full, full image of what this Rams team is. Quarter one. All right, Zach, let's go ahead and go into the game breakdown. Uh, First quarter, uh, the Rams end up giving up a touchdown to Gabriel Davis. Um, Zach, this is where, like, I would say in the first quarter and two quarters, it felt like Buffalo was going to just blow open this game, and they didn't. Why do you think they started off so slow? The why Buffalo started off so slow? Yes. 
I mean, again, like we we talked about. I mean, I mean, it took them nine nine plays to score a touchdown, which you know for this high offense, um, you know, it, it it may seem it may seem too minimal, but I mean, they were they were still making their way down the field. Um, really, it it's all about this chemistry, and I think the Rams felt it too. You know, you know, they haven't played in a full season all or in a full game since. You know, for the Rams, it was back in uh, February, but you know, for the Bills, it was a couple weeks sooner than that. So they're just, they're still getting their adjustments, they're still getting everything kind of aligned down. But you know, just to go down and you know take nine plays and score a touchdown in the first you know five minutes of the game, um, you know, I I kind of thought it was kind of almost done. So at that point, they just made it look so easy for the defense. Uh, you know, with that, you know, we kind of described as the bendo break uh, mentality of our defense, and they definitely kind of broke at that point. They definitely put on a better game going forward, but it was that was a rough uh, first nine plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and over the first two quarters, go over Buffalo's drives. Touchdown, first drive, second drive, interception, uh, third drive, fumble. Fourth drive, field goal. So at this point, it's 10 to 0. Then Buffalo gets another interception after the field goal. And then they don't have another other possession. So, Zach, it, it definitely, from my perspective, is a rocky start. While they were getting a lot of yardage up to this point, it was a lot of what we saw last year where defense was making plays stopping them from scoring off a lot of that good yardage. Now, for the Rams, uh, this is not as good, Zach. Uh, Rams have punt, punt, uh, interception, touchdown, then field goal. So, like, our last two drives before the half, solid drives. Uh, But, Zach, uh, that's all the points we got in the game. Uh. It, what do you think the Rams did so wrong in not being able to score in the first quarter? I mean, you know, we're going to dive down into this, you know, when we break down the offensive defense, but that offensive line was just horrendous. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't really stop anybody. Um, Joe Nopum, I mean, he just, he, I mean, he had a few good plays blocking uh, Von Miller, but you know, Von Miller made his presence known. And there was just nothing that O-line can do to protect Stafford. And, you know, at times I felt like Stafford might have been holding the ball a little too too much. He could have ran it a little bit more, I think. Um, but for right now, I really think that, I mean, it was, I mean, it either has to do with the play calling or all that offensive line. I think that's really the struggle of this game. Yeah, like you said, we'll get into it more, but. That O-line, um, it was not doing great against a lot of veterans, pass rushers that the Bills have. Um, Von Miller definitely. Um, and, you I know, mean, I, don't, I don't really like all this. I mean, we're going to, like I said, we're going to break down all this stuff. But, like, our defense played really well this first half. I mean, yes, you had the first, um, the first drive, they scored a touchdown, whatever. But other than that... When you get two interceptions, you force a fumble, and you hold them to a field goal, like that is good defense. If you look at the defensive stat, you take out Jalen Ramsey, and we'll talk again talk about him later. But you take out the, the stats looked fine for the for the defense. It was the offense that just struggled. And when you when you have your offense just continually handing the ball back to the Bills, you just bring your defense back, which. You know, your bend-don't-break mentality only works until, you know, you heat it up so much and, you know, it's it's just going to break. It's going to get too brittle. So, you know, that's that's kind of my thoughts on the, the first half and really the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go into the third quarter where the Rams start off a drive and they punt three and out, I believe. And then the second or the first Bills drive of the third quarter, they get a touchdown. And this... These four drives, two by the Bills, two by the Rams in the third quarter, are what changed the game significantly. They are 
they basically burst open. I believe both of those touchdowns are uh, big chunk plays that uh, Josh Allen threw for 30, 40 yards behind our zones. And our safeties just weren't able to uh, get there in time to stop the reception. Uh, They stopped the touchdown, which I, I guess that's not terrible, but it's definitely not good. Uh, and the Rams pump both times. Again, the offense just not being able to produce anything. The running game was non-existent. Cam Akers only got like two snaps, I believe. Uh, Henderson just didn't look great. He didn't have a lot of good blocking. Um, our run blocking wasn't there like it was last year. Not not great run blocking. And the, plas- the pass blocking was as terrible, if not worse. Uh, but basically, they go up by two touchdowns at this point, and then our next drive after they have two touchdowns is an interception, basically sealing the game for the Bills. Um, it just... Uh, it, what's your reaction to that, Zach, the, the, those drives? I mean, it's it, it's awful. I mean, it's... I mean, you're you're coming off a Super Bowl team, uh, your Super Bowl win. You are, you know, you're the reigning Super Bowl champions. You're you're at home. You're you have a solid defense. You have offensive weapons on the field, and you could not produce. You produced ten points for a team that's supposed to have a high-powered offense. You have a you know a top five defense, in my opinion, and you you produced you pro- you produced a 31 to 10 loss. Like there were some really great plays like Nick Scott, I think did an excellent job. Yes. People are going to, um, uh, is going to uh, put everybody on like Josh Allen's like stiff arm to Nick Scott, but you know, Nick Scott did a really great job causing a lot of fumbles, um, forced the forced, I think one or two of those fumbles. So it's just, I don't, I have to put it all on the offense. I have to put it on the coaching staff, the, you know, Sean McVay for coaching the offense and also for, you know, for the offensive line itself. And even for Matt Stafford, I think he is definitely the person to blame. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that next segment, the offense. Um, I'll get into my thoughts then. So, uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, like I said, Stafford throws an interception. The Bills come back and do a deep pass for a touchdown. And this is when, like, again, by this time, I'm pretty sure the safeties are probably playing to try to get a pick or something because you have to get back in the game by pick six. You have to get a defensive touchdown at that point, especially with how the offense is playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, they throw a deep touchdown. Uh, our very next drive, uh, Stafford throws a high pass for Higby. Higby can't pull it down, and it's intercepted <laughs> by a lineman. <laughs> so, uh, or I think it got batted. When yeah, was I think that was the, I think that was the tip ball. The high one was for Cooper Cup. That one went over Cooper yeah, yeah. Cup. Sorry, I'm. I got my interceptions mixed up, which is not a great sentence to have to say. Uh, and then right after that, we cause another fumble for Buffalo again. Our defense had four turnovers. That's ridiculous. Um, that we lost the game with four turnovers. Uh, the Rams end up doing turnover on downs the very next drive. By that point, the game is way done anyways. And uh, Bills kneel it for the win. Quarter two. So uh, l- let's go into our uh, offense, Zach. Uh, really try to break down um, Cooper Cup. Our offense was literally Cooper Cup. Uh, Zach, why was that the only thing that it felt like we were trying to do was Cooper Cup? You know, I think they were trying to start things off um, a little different. Um, you know, one of the in, one of the odd things was is that Daryl Henderson kind of started off, but I I think that they just felt so behind that the only way that and they they did this 
you know, this is games that they did this all last season where when, when they were, when their back was at a wall and they needed to get stuff done, it was the Cooper cup show. Matthew Stafford is the, he is the most comfortable at, with throwing it to cup. He knows cup's going to find it and catch it and secure it. Um, and so, you know, cup getting his 13 receptions, 15 attempts, 128 yards, um, and one TD, you know, for anybody's fantasy league, that's a, that's a solid performance. And that continues, you know, his, his streak. Um, but, but then you, you, you get to like, but, but where was Allen Robinson targeted twice, two times in one of them, one of them, he got 12 yards. So again, the only other time he got targeted was at the very end when they were trying to do a late touchdown, which really was kind of garbage time touchdown. And, you know, it, it was a hard, it was a hard ball to get to him. So I, I don't know. It's, there was a lot of bad calls. I'm not really sure what was happening. Um, our offense just was not what it was last year. Yeah. Um, they, we needed the file of missing person's report for Allen Robinson because he was nowhere to be seen. And I don't think it's his fault either. He was getting open. There are plenty of plays. Plenty of plays, Zach, where I looked and I saw Allen Robinson like an easy 15-yard throw and catch. And it was like Stafford was doing the same thing. You remember in the first six weeks of last year, like it felt like he just wouldn't throw to Woods. Mm-hmm. Like he just ignored Woods for six weeks until, like, Seattle game. He just targeted him, like, targeted Woods the whole game for a random reason. And I feel like uh, he's doing the same thing with Robinson, and it does such a disservice to the offense. And I don't, I don't know if it's one of those things where, like, Robinson has his first look and he sees him he's he can't get to him and so he goes back he goes through his progression and finds somebody else and then when he gets back it's it's cup is like going backwards it's now cup is now his like safety blanket um so I I don't I don't know if that's that's how it was um but it was just weird it was weird to have Allen Robinson like not even show up and you know talking about Stafford, I mean, Stafford was 29 for 41 through 240 yards, one touchdown, had seven sacks and three interceptions. Now, you know, every, you know, a lot of people are going to point to, oh, he must be having a problem with his elbow. I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a cop out. I, you know, for people to bring that up, I think it's just terrible. I think he's fine. Um, you know, and I, you know, I don't want to put the complete burden on Stafford, but he needs to make better decisions. Um, he's holding the ball too long. Granted, you know, a lot of those sacks came at like he didn't have time to throw the ball. Um, but come on, you know, try You need to spread it out a little bit and, you know, find Allen Robinson and, you know, change up the game plans if need be. So I don't know. Well, I mean, it just felt like he was looking for Ben Skoranek more than Allen Robinson. And you just can't do that. Um, yeah, Skoranek was targeted six times. Yeah, you, you can't be targeting Ben Skoranek more than Robinson. Like, you, that's not going to produce success. And I'm not saying Ben Skoranek isn't worth a being or like worthy of being on the field. I'm not one of those people. I don't I defended him on this podcast a lot last year. He has his issues, but man, you cannot be letting a weapon like Allen Robinson just sit there and not be used at all. Um especially when your offense is already somewhat one dimensional when the run game isn't operating at all. Um like I like Henderson, but he's not a main back, and you try to make him a main back, and your offensive line is already not like blocking correctly. That's why we just couldn't do anything, and we constantly got pushed off the field. Um, not to mention, really, the first interception isn't Stafford's fault. Right. The second I mean, one is kind of bad luck, mixed with the fact that you you got to throw it a little bit higher, so it's a little bit more blame for him there. But I mean, there was definitely questions going into this game on the Rams running back situation. 
I mean, we, we came in right before, like during the whole preseason, we had these minor injuries for both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. And we're like, so what, what are we, what are we looking at? If, if both Cam Akers and Henderson are having these kinds of issues, you know, now we're back to, we have Kyron Williams and we have Jake Funk. He got hurt. And yeah, right. And so, you know, we were all knowing that we were going to be running back committee, but we, it kind of almost, and then, you know, kind of going back to what um, McVay alluded to last week, it kind of made it seem like, you know, Akers and Henderson, they're fine. They were just, you know, we were just healing them. Didn't want to have them, you know, show off too much during training camp and when everyone can see them. And they were trying to like keep them kind of as like a uh, fresh. Yeah. Trying to keep them fresh and, and making sure people just can't see all the good stuff that that's going to happen. But I mean, something had to have happened to have McVeigh start Henderson. I mean, I was shocked when you we roll up first drive and Henderson is the is the running back. Well, like, I mean, it, it's not unusual for them. Like in games last year with Sony and Henderson, they would go drive by drive, and it was kind of random which one would start out first, depending on like what play sheet they wanted to go off of for the starting drive. I, I get that. It was very unusual just going pure Henderson, especially when he wasn't hot. Like, it would be one thing if he was ripping off 20 or 30-yard runs every so often and he was averaging six, seven yards a carry. Henderson wasn't. Um, Akers is clearly hurt. It has to be. I mean, some something has to be going wrong. I mean, Henderson was kind of was McVay's kind of safety blanket uh, as far as receiving goes. He was targeted five times, got all five receptions for twenty six yards. So you know, not not great, but also not terrible. When you know, if you need to just you know dunk it off so you don't get you know sacked, at least Henderson was a success factor there. Um, you know, Acres were targeted once, didn't even get the ball. Um, but the final score for, uh, for Henderson was 13 attempts, 47 yards, um, with his longest, uh, run being for 18 yards. Cam Akers was given the opportunity to have it three times for no yards. Um, so, you know, you know, Sean Kyron Williams also got hurt on special teams too. very early on. I, I don't remember for six to eight weeks. Right. I don't remember if um, if it was the it was one of the kickoff returns um, in the first half that they were wanting to use him. But then he got injured. And yeah, like you said, he's out for six to eight weeks. Um, but kind of I want to kind of quote on what Sean McVay said about Cam Akers, uh, Cam Akerson and uh, or Cam Akers and in um, his opportunities. And, and he put Cam Akers has got to maximize his meaning his opportunities when he gets there. No matter who you're talking about, you want to see guys do a little, do the little things the right way, compete with the without with and without the ball. And that's kind of what I want to point it on. I saw so many replays of when I was rewatching the game where Cam had had the opportunity to take one for the team and block one of the defensive linemen from getting to Stafford, but instead he like went around. And Stafford got sacked. So those are the plays that I think McVay's talking about where like, you're not just the running back and receiver. You also need to make these big blocking plays and you need to see when those blocking plays come up to, to block and protect your quarterback. That's one of the jobs of the running back. Yeah, that's in, it's unacceptable, and that's something that will get you off this Rams team quick, is not being, like, multifaceted with your approach on playing your position. If you're a tight end, you got to be able to block somewhat. If you're a wide receiver on this team, you got to be able to block. It doesn't matter if you're OBJ or if you're Cup. You have to be able to block, and same thing with the running backs. A lot of this team's game plan is based off of play action. You have to be able to block. And if you can't do that, uh, Stafford's going to get wrecked, especially when the offensive line itself is already struggling. you got to have help. And I think that's something, one part of Henderson's game that he's always been underrated at is blocking. And I think that's probably why he got more shares uh, of the carries. 
and not to mention, I do think Cam Akers is hurt. Uh, it just it doesn't make sense to me running wise why they wouldn't give him any carries to at least just run, even if he's not blocking well. I mean, he had a couple in the beginning, and he just wasn't getting anywhere. I mean, at least. When Henderson did run, he got some yardage. It was very, I don't think it was very often where he got no yards. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, you know, going into this week, you know, I think Henderson is going to definitely be the heavier hand. Um, but I do think this this has to give motivation to Akers that you need to step up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. You want to talk about the O-line? Uh, let's kind of double back to the QB first and talk okay. about uh, Stafford a little bit. And this will kind of move into the O-line as we talk about him. Now, I know you mentioned, Zach, that you don't believe a lot of the kind of, not hype, but uh, rumors about his elbow. I'm starting to actually think it might be a real issue. Uh just by the fact that it's coming out that the Rams were looking into Jimmy G, signing him if he got cut. To me, it makes no logical sense for a team, if you believe your QB is healthy and can normally play through the season like he always has done, why you would look for that caliber of backup QB for no reason. Because he would be expensive. He could be. He could be expensive. Um, I mean, I feel like he's only expensive to the 49ers. Um, well, I, I mean, don't... he signed for, like, what, $8, 10000000 million? Yeah, but I, that's that's to the 49ers. I mean, to stay on that team. Um, I don't know how many teams were actually interested in, in him. Um, you know, the Rams were only going to pick him up if he was cut. I, like I said, I think it has to do more with Trey Lance didn't really have a backup, but I didn't really think they had a good option. Um, other than Jimmy G, so that's why I kept him. So I don't think if it, if it was for if it went to fruition, the Rams did was trying to go after him. I don't think that the price tag would have been that high for Jimmy G. Um, and as far as the backup situation goes, I mean everyone's always trying to find their backup quarterback. Um, I don't think Wolford is the solution. Um, preferably, I, I like Perkins better. Uh, but you know, I think you know. McVeigh and Snead are both very smart and they realize that if something does happen to their quarterback, I mean, shoot, let's just, I mean, he just got sacked for seven times um, in one game. So um, I definitely think that uh, there is concern about it, but I didn't see anything in this game that said he has an elbow problem. Um, If we go into this Falcons game and he still doesn't pass balls over, you know, doesn't do, more than 15, 20 yard balls, you know, maybe we should look at that again. Um, but for right now, for his performance, other than maybe the overthrow, overthrow to Cooper Cup and, and maybe, but I didn't see anything that caused me concern about the elbow based on his performance in this game. Yeah, I'll agree. It wasn't necessarily the game itself that caused me issue. It was just that new information. It's starting to worry me that maybe they're lying about his elbow like they lied about Gurley's knee. Maybe. Uh, we truly won't know, and we both can agree. You can't really trust the Rams with what they tell you about injuries, <laughs> whether they're happening or not. Um, they just aren't going to be truthful about it, and it is what it is. Uh, let's go on to about the O-line. Uh, Note Boom's first, I guess, start of the season was not great. Uh, let, let's let's be frank, guys. Um, he he is before this game, I believe he was eight and two as a starter. Um, Note Boom is a good player, but I feel like he fell for a lot of tricks that Von Miller knew. Like Von Miller has been in the league a long time, and there was like one time where. Von Miller tried to do a pass rush move inside and then Noteboom stopped him. And then they showed on the replay the very next play, Von Miller fakes that move and is able to go outside and sack mm-hmm. uh, Stafford. And that's something that I think a more veteran tackle will know. Like, I don't believe that's something 
that Whitworth would have fallen for. And that's something that you just have to get with experience. I think he has all the talent and the tools, um, but it was a bad game. And he's going to have to go through these uh, to get better because I know Whitworth went through a similar process in uh, Cincinnati. For sure. And, you know, like I said, it, it's kind of unfair to note boom to go up against an all pro f- future uh, Hall of Famer, multi Super Bowl champion, Von Miller. And it, it seemed kind of unfair. Uh, but at the same time, you're an NFL player, you're getting paid a lot of money to, to do this. And that's the position you have been kind of groomed to be. And you're taking over from Whitworth. And that's, you know, you're, you, you kind of have some, um, you're kind of put in the spotlight there. And, uh, Von Miller definitely, uh, you know, knew how to get around him. And Von Miller did have a good few stops, or uh, Noteboom had a good few stops on Von Miller, like you mentioned one, and he had a couple other ones. Um, but, you know, to get to allow Von Miller to get to the quarterback that many times um, is just, it's hard. And, um, you know, we'll kind of see how it goes. I mean, um, this week we're kind of on a day-to-day basis with Joe Noteboom. Um, he's strained his MCL. Uh, but as far as McVay says that he should be able to play against Atlanta. So, um, yeah, we also uh, lost our center in last yeah, game. Too. So Brian Allen, um, he had a procedure on his knee. Uh, McVay called it a cleanup. Um, and so he is, uh, he is out for two to four weeks. Um, and so that means Coleman Shelton will slide over to center with Tremaine Aikman Jr. will take over as right guard um, for Shelton. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, and also just coming out while we're recording the pod that um, Kyron Williams is has been officially placed on the IR list. Yeah. So he's for an extended period of time. So I don't know how you feel, Zach. This is starting to give me 2019 vibes a lot. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if they don't do something, um, if they don't, if they don't have a sense of urgency, um, from this O-line, um, Havenstein is going to need to, he's, he's the veteran of this O-line and he needs to step up and, you know, get, get this group into, into shape. Um, so I'm looking at that. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not as concerned with like Coleman, Coleman Shelton, he's done the center position before. Um, the only concern I guess we would have for him is that he's a left-handed center. So that's kind of different from Brian Allen and how that's going to work with Stafford. Um, but Coleman Shelton has done that before when Brian Allen's gone down for a game or two, Coleman Shelton's filled in that spot. Um, and I think Akram's going to, I think he did some good things. I think we've seen good, some good stuff out of him in the past. So uh, I'm, I am still going, we're going to go to Atlanta and I want to see how this O-line bounces back to this Falcons team. Yeah. I'm just happy. It's not Bobby Evans. Dear Lord. I can't take another game of watching Bobby Evans. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Quarter three. All right, Zach. Let's go ahead and break down the defense. Um, Zach, this defense was up and down the entire game. Definitely better and more to see than uh, the offense was. Uh, what was your takeaway, and do you agree with what Jalen Ramsey said? <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey came out in his tweet, or tweet, uh, when he was, he was on the Undisputed podcast. Um, he said, we got our ass beat straight up. I mean, he, I mean, he, he has to say that. I mean, he, he himself got blown up. Um, and, you know, that doesn't happen very often, uh, but, you know, it, it happens. And so to, to recognize that and to, you know, want to do better, I think that's good, definitely going to be um, – that's definitely good for this team. Um, this defense, I think they, they, they definitely didn't get to their potential, but they weren't also the reason we lost this game. Like, we – we kind of went in there, two sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. Like normally in a normal game, that would almost mean victory for your team if you had, you know, those stats. Um, but it's that bend, don't break mentality. But if your offense just continually puts your defense into that position, you're going, your 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 bendiness is only going to be going to be able to be there so often until you break. So, um, 
so that's kind of that's kind of what I have to that's kind of what I have to say about it. Yeah, the, our defense kind of really relies on those long what six seven minute drives, Zach, every so often to be able to recoup and uh, start making big plays again because they're on the field for long periods of time. Uh, Morris's defense hasn't been necessarily great on third down. But we get stops on fourth down and we get turnovers. And that's what really saved our defense last year, especially in the latter half of the year and in the playoffs. In the playoffs, they were a little bit better on third down. But in this game, definitely not. I believe, didn't the Bills have like 70% third down conversion? Percentage? Yeah, it was, it was, it was high. pretty high. It, yeah. it was pretty bad. Um let me also uh, point out a few uh, good and bad players. Uh, or actually, uh, Zach, you, you want to give me your top three defensive players from last week? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Nick Scott needs a shout-out. Um, I think he played, you know, yes, I know we all know about the Josh Allen stiff arm. Got it. But um, I think the two forced fumbles are the, the two – one of the forced fumbles that he had – um, was excellent. I think he even got on top of the other one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I also think Troy Hill needs a shout out. Um, he was one of the reasons why we got one of the um, one of the interceptions, and I think he played. I think he played excellent coverage um, as well. So uh, those are the those are the two that I think definitely deserve credit. Um, obviously, AD he he plays lights out, but for Bobby Wagner's first time playing with the Rams, I also think. Um, he did a good job. Yes, he got kind of pushed by Josh Allen, uh, you know, into the end zone. But um, I, you know, it is what it is. He's gonna he's gonna dust that off. He's gonna become a better player than he was la- this past week. So I have no concerns about that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I really liked uh, Ernest Jones. I think Ernest Jones is gonna be a future star in the NFL. Um, he just, and I said this on draft night, like he is such a smart player and he makes great plays. He forced a fumble in this game. Um, he's good in coverage. I think by far he's the best drafted Rams linebacker in a while, in, in a good decade or two. Um, I just think he's pretty great. Uh, I also thought, uh, Aaron Donald, I mean, it's Aaron Donald. He did great. Um, they did smartly attack him a lot by running behind him. I'm trying to remember. A few teams did that last year. And that's something where I almost feel like Raheem Morris, when he sees them doing that, they need to do something like put him on the edge, purely on the edge, and then have a linebacker fill the gap in behind him. Like where he's – it's just – I felt like the adjustment wasn't necessarily there as much as it could have been. And then uh, for my third, yeah, I'll go with Troy Hill too. I thought he played a solid game, probably the most complete game of all of our DBs. I think some of the Jalen Ramsey um, criticism is not necessarily warranted. He didn't have a great game. Let me put that out there. And, like, my brother-in-law is like, oh, people just defend Jalen Ramsey when he doesn't do good. No, I said in the Super Bowl he played terribly, um, even if a touchdown in that game wasn't on him. And in this game, I believe it was Gabe Davis that, like, ran past him, and people were like, oh, he got blown up and he got completely uh, dusted. No, he was in zone, and he was expecting the safety to pick him up. Right. Like, that – that it, the fact that he got close enough and he was like closing in on a player that wasn't even his assignment is pretty impressive for and sure then, and you Jaylen know Jalen Ramsey still didn't play good right and when you're considered the best cornerback in the league or one of the best cornerbacks in the league you're going to have you're going to have this big spotlight that when you when when a bad day happens it's going to show up way worse than someone who had the exact same play but they're on the they're on the Falcons or they're on the Eagles or they're you know they're on the Cardinals. You're it's not as big of a deal until it's Jalen Ramsey, um, who 
you know, has that big spotlight on him. I mean, he was targeted seven times, allowing six receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, it was noted by Next Gen Stat that this was the only game in which Jalen Ramsey's career, in his career that he's allowed 100 plus yards in two, TD game, two TDs. I'm, again, this is overhype post first week. And I don't think people overreaction. I I think people are overreacting. I give it a few weeks. If this becomes a problem, we may need to readjust our thoughts. But as of right now, I, we, we should not be super concerned about Ramsey. I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to have more motivation than ever. And I, I think that they are going to be able to put a better front going forward. Yeah. And, um, Let's kind of talk about the safeties. I know, I know you mentioned Nick Scott and you put your thoughts out there about him. I will agree. I thought Nick Scott was good. He had good moments. Um, I believe there was only really one big play where he could have done something and he allowed, allowed a TD. Um, that's going to happen. It's some. He hasn't started a lot of games as starting safety, um, including the playoffs last year. So I I think he's doing fine. On the other hand, Taylor Rapp, uh, Zach, what's your take takeaways on uh, Taylor Rapp? Because he's just not good in coverage, honestly. Yeah, um, I guess I didn't see much action from him, which probably is a bad thing um, when it comes down to him, um, but. Yeah, I mean, you're, we're looking at this. Could he only had one tackle, um, three assists? So he he just he didn't really do much. So I don't I don't know if he played better coverage wise or or what. Um, but you know, it might it might be a wrap for wrap. Uh, but I think he's I think he's still going to keep playing. I don't really know what they're really going to fill that hole anyways, the safety position has kind of always been that kind of weak link, it seemed, over the last few years. Um, so I think we're going to be living with rap for a little bit longer. Uh, so it's going to be... I could honestly see one of our rookies getting a chance. And I hope so. I mean, I, I would love to just kind of see where that goes. And um, yeah, kind of. I just kind of really want to see where that goes. What about our uh, third cornerback? You have any comments on him uh, about that position? Are you surprised that they didn't really give either the rookies a chance? You know, I think it was I think it was first game, and when you started getting behind so far, I think they really just wanted to rely on consistency. Um, I would be shocked if we did not see them play. Uh, in in Atlanta um you know this was a it was a big night for this team um and I think they played their they were trying to play the best hand they could um it's kind of one of those things where if you uh I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give a coaching analysis because I coach my uh four-year-old daughter soccer team when you're down three scores you want to try to put all your player the best players you have in and see if they can do something. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I, I think that that could have been some of the mindset of, you know, again, that's why they kept going to Cooper cup is, you know, the safety blanket. You want to try to target, you know, what works. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. He, what about you? Cooper cup almost scored on that, uh, 30 yard reception. I believe that's 30 or 40, a really good reception by him. Quarter four. All right, uh, Zach, let's turn the page and do a preview of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so the Falcons end up losing to the Saints uh, 26-27. Very close loss. Uh, it looked like the Falcons were going to actually win it for most of the game. Um, and the Saints end up coming back and winning it with a 51-yard field goal. Uh, Zach, what's your initial uh kind of reaction to this Falcons team. Um, so a team that a lot of people counted out coming into the year and they had a really good week one. Do you think that was just week one weirdness or do you think they could be a, a kind of trap game, I guess? 
yeah, I don't want to discount anyone's team. Anyone's team. I mean, I think we've seen in this NFL that it doesn't matter if you're the worst team in the NFL, you can beat the best team on, on an off week. Um, I think the Rams have a lot to prove. Um, or they have a lot to, to bounce back from. Um, Atlanta's still a, uh, a building, uh, rebuilding their, their franchise. Um, and so I, I really think that the Rams have the, the momentum to, um, to win this game. Um, but, but we can definitely see that there are, there are some flaws into this Atlanta's um, game. I mean, yes, they were leading the whole time, but then in the, in the fourth quarter, they gave up 17 points. And that's just not something that you can do. Um, you know, that would have been great if it was, you know, when we if the Rams did that, came back and was scoring points at the end, but they did not. So, you know, you look kind of at the, the, the players on the Falcons team. You have their quarterback, Marcus Mariotto. Uh, Mariotta? Mariotto. Wow. Mariota. Sorry. Mariota. Um, you know, he was 20 for 33, uh, 215 yards, um, no passing touchdowns, but he did carry the ball 22 times, which is, seems insane. Uh, 72 yards, uh, and he did have a rushing TD, um, it, but he did fumble the ball twice. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Um, the rudder, the running back Patterson versus the Saints, 22 carries, 120 yards, one rushing touchdown. Uh, their rookie uh, wide receiver, uh, Drake Landon, five receptions. London. London, sorry, man, can't read my own uh, script. Uh, five receptions, 74 yards with seven targets. Um, so it seemed like their offense was mostly rush, running the ball. Um, that's how they scored and how they got most of their yards. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get through our D-line. Yeah, this is definitely a game where I feel like we're more built to stop uh, this Falcons team that is very run-heavy. Like, the Bills can run the ball, but they are very much aerial attack, and, like, uh, we have a lot of unproven back-end players. But we have a great linebacking core now. We have a great defensive line. I think we're going to shut down this team running-wise. Uh, Patterson's really good. He's still going to get his bread. He's going to do solid. Um, I like Drake London. I think he's a solid rookie. Uh, they should focus on him more. Uh, I'm surprised the tight end didn't get more action. Uh, their tight end, uh, who's a really had a really great rookie season last year. So the Falcons, it's a solid team. They honestly should have won that game. They should be 1-0. But they didn't, and I think uh, I almost feel like our team has to be angry. I don't see how we go and let the Falcons. It's it's at home, right? Yes. Okay. I don't see how we let another team come at home, the quality of Falcons, and we just drop one to them. Uh, they could be feisty. I think they'll give us a fight the first two quarters. Uh, but I think we'll start to kind of drive away in the third and fourth quarter with a lot of passing. I don't think our run game is going to do much. Their defensive line is solid uh, this year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was just going to ask you, how do you feel? They had four total sacks against the Saints when we were just coming off a game where we, our, uh, our quarterback got sacked seven times. Um. I don't necessarily think our O-line will do better. I think McVeigh is going to be better about spreading it around, do more screens. Uh, you could even see some 12 personnel, depending on how confident he is on uh, the O-line itself. Like You could see them kind of do that Jaguars type of game uh, where they just kind of bunker down, they try to get a lead, and then maybe they go back to normal stuff. Uh, but they really need this win. This is not an easy schedule, and we cannot drop a game like this. I mean, it was. it's definitely beneficial that after, I mean, this Falcons game, that each of the next four game, the next four weeks, each of those teams have lost this past week. So um, especially, you know, those being Cardinals and the 49ers, uh, that's definitely beneficial to us. Um, it's unfortunate that the Seahawks are now leading our division. 
Um, you know, that won't uh, last. So let's, let's hope so. Um, so um, it's, it's kind of crazy, but all in all, we'll make it through. I think, I think that, I think they're going to scheme up something good for this next week. And um, hopefully we have some fun watching it. Uh, one of my favorite post-game tweets um, was, uh, I don't know who, I can't remember who posted it, but the quote was, I survived the Rams from 20, uh, from 25, 2005 to 2017. This is nothing. Um, so if we can survive that, I think we can survive this one loss. No, you got anything else for us today? No, man. Um, hopefully this team doesn't put me in the depression again by losing to the Falcons. Uh, in all seriousness, um, I was pretty chill. I expected us to not win against the Bills. I just, you know, I would really like a game where I'm not in like panic attack mode. Um, I was super excited when we we got to the half and it was 10-10. Like, all right, we're starting fresh. We get the ball back. We're good. Um, and then immediately three and out. And I was like, okay, well, guess we didn't make any halftime changes. And this is a wrap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got, got to make changes and... Got to, got to do better this next week, and I think we will. I think uh, we're going to have a solid next five weeks. Um, but it's pretty easy to see. Like, the Bills are a great team, and they really wanted that win. They really wanted that win. And it just looked like we were um, still figuring things out. And that whole critique about not doing the preseason, that's why we lost. Like, that's so BS. Like, we haven't done the preseason in four or five years, and we've won all of our week one games. If anything, I believe we started 3-0 and multiple times uh, through McVay's tenure. So, well, I mean, this was this is the first time McVay's been under 500. Yeah. So, it's just, it's silly. I'm happy we don't have to worry about that stat anymore, like the leading from halftime stat. Like, no, McVay can just get that all off the, like, his head and focus on game planning and not worry about history and stuff. You just have to go in there and get the dub, and I think they will. Yep, sounds good. All right, well, I think with that, we're going to wrap up uh, this great episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Our official Twitter account is at East Coast Rams, but you can also find Ashton at RamsFanAshton1 and myself at Zach Mayer. Uh, big thanks to everyone who listens to the pod and interacts with us. Uh, you know, it's you guys and the feedback and the discussions we get to have with you guys on social media. And uh, when we get to attend these games is what makes us fun and why we want to continue to do this and bring out good content. Um, if you have time, please take a minute to like, review, and share this podcast with anybody, Rams fans, non-Rams fans, football fans. Um and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Whose house? Rams house.